Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What up, what up? You're now joining the Only One Podcast, Only One Ravens Podcast, with your host here, King Pope, and my co-host here, Mr. JB. Uh, we're going to sit here and we're going to bring you all the Ravens content you want. We're going to talk about good stuff about the Ravens. We're going to talk about the bad stuff, the injuries, everything that you want to get into. We're going to jump into it. So this is our first debut of our podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Sit back and relax, and let's jump right into it. What's up, JB? You want to introduce yourself? What up, what up, what up, world? Y'all might know me as that boy, JB. All right, JB. So, so on Sunday here, we played the Bengals. Um, the Ravens came out with a 27 to 24 victory. Uh, it was a big game for them. It was a divisional game, divisional opponent. It was the last team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, which was the Cincinnati Bengals. So we take it that it was a personal game. So, Tell me, what's your takeaway from the game from yesterday? Uh, I think my takeaway from the game, like I have several. Let's 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 start with the Ravens, because um, I, I think um, the national media kind of had it a little twisted a little bit. Like they, you know, coming into this week, you know, without injuries to our guys, um, you know, it was Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley, J.K. Um, Dobbins and Mark, uh, Marcus Williams. And I, I think the, the, the media really, national media really didn't give us a lot of, lot, lot of buzz feed, you know, around the game because mm-hmm. of those injuries. Um, 
But if if they really was paying attention to the Ravens, then they they would know that last season we played um, extremely well without a lot of those guys on the field. Like Ronnie Stanley, for instance, like he was more like he was more off the field than actually playing. And when he was on the field, he he was causing a lot of penalties, um, which was true uh, uh, the uh, week one when he was on the field, um, and then. You know, they talked about the injuries to J.K. Dobbins. Uh, yes, it was a it was a big blow. It wasn't a major blow um, because we always had our running backs by committee, and and you saw this week that um, Gus Edwards got it done. Um, so, like that, th- that's just the things that I, I just want to talk about. I just I just think that we uh, like again, like I said, if you um, from the outside looking in. We played very well with both those guys out of the lineup the past two years. I feel you. So I feel like, you know, going into the game, I can understand fans was probably on their little toes a little bit, you know, because we was, we knew Ronnie wasn't playing. We knew Tyler Linderbaum wasn't playing. We knew Marcus Williams wasn't playing. We knew we already lost J.K. Diamonds to a, a torn Achilles. So initially going into the game, you know, I was expecting it it might be tough for us because I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean our corners, they they like Darby. I mean I don't know too much about him. I mean I know he played at, you know, uh the, I think it was Denver or whatever it was. I'm not you know, I didn't know too much about him. So it was like I know Jamar Chase, T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd, they some great receivers over there. So I just felt like if we can't stop those guys, it was gonna be a long day. But you know, with what Mike McDonald did with that defense yesterday, man, he just had those boys ready to play, and they, and they yeah. came ready to play. So that was very surprising to me, you know what I mean? Jamar Chase didn't do too much. I mean, T. Higgins, he got off. He had eight catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns. But, I mean, other than that, we kept Jamar Chase at bay, so that was um, I was glad to see that. And then to watch Lamar, like, take control of the offense and actually, you know, just take these boys down to school. Like, that first drive was crucial. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. He took him straight down the field and scored a touchdown on the first drive. That was huge. Like that just yeah, that was to me. That was a punch in the mouth from the start of the game. That lets you know, like that lets you know we here to play. And if you're not, we are gonna run you over. So I was very impressed with what I seen um, because week one we were very shaky on offense, and um, defense kind of carried us week one. So to see the offense actually come into fruition and and look well, and, and they still got things they got to clean up, but. For what they did on Sunday, man, I was very impressed. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, P. I, I think them coming out that first series and driving down the field and setting the tone um, for the game um, just let the Bengals know that we uh, was about our business. Um, I think uh, a lot of people are um, neglecting the fact that uh, week one was really Lamar's first game, like, in real live competitions since I think like mid November of last year. So, you know, like he said, and a lot of his teammates said, um, he had a whole lot of rust he needed to knock off, uh, he needed to knock off. And, and you can see that from week one to, um, this past week. Uh, I think week one, he was very slow or, or sluggish. Um, wasn't, as as elusive as he typically is, and I and I think you saw that um, right in your face um, this past week with the Bengals, you know, and, yeah. and I can appreciate with Lamar is <clears throat> right now he 
He is throwing the ball. He's not trying to overdo it. Yep. Um, uh, they, they have him in a system where um, it's run. I mean, it's, it's, it's run first with our running backs, pass first with Lamar, and then if it's not there, he can take off with his, and use his legs to, um, you know, to pick up yardage or score or whatever. So that is what I'm I'm liking. Like that, like you can tell that difference um, immediately between the um, the two offensive coordinators, his his previous one and um, his his current uh, coordinator right now. It's 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 more. Okay, I'm I'm a look, I'm a look, I'm a look, um, I'm gonna go through my reach. If you watch Lamar, he went through his progressions maybe like twice. Like he went through all four or five guys, you know, like twice, you know, and and it, it helped that he had his security blanket um, back in Mark Andrews, and um, I'm just excited to see uh, um, Zay Flowers. You know, and, and Rashad Bateman and those guys um, come alive in this season. Well, so you know, you know, through you know through my days, you know, I played when I played football, I played offensive line. So um, the one biggest thing that I watch is the offensive line. So I was, I was very mm-hmm. impressed with the offensive line on Sunday. I mean, I you know, and 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 I have I had my my thoughts about it. I thought the offensive line was going to be terrible. I'm gonna be honest. I thought it was going to be issues. You know what I mean? For what Musgrave, when he was with the Chicago Bears, he was not great. I'm just, I mean, I'm being blatantly honest. He was not great when he was with the Chicago Bears. So to see him being plugged in with the Ravens offense, initially my mindset is, man, it might be a long day because DJ Reader might just run him over all day long. And then on the flip side, you know, you're losing Ronnie Stanley. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Ronnie Stanley. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that guy at all. You know what I mean? He's don't get me wrong. He's very athletic tackle, but to me, he's kind of soft. You yeah, know what I, I mean? So, I, I thought he was overhyped coming out of the uh, coming out of college, but I got I guess that was just me at that time. I mean, I I I thought we was gonna take Larry Tunstall, but once that video came yep. out, I mean, yeah. that kind of that kind of killed the situation. But okay. going back to the offensive line, them guys they stepped up, they they held their own, they held their blocks. They did what they supposed to do. Morgan Moses, he played pretty well yesterday. And shot, I mean, Morgan Moses, he's not the greatest right tackle, but he's decent. But I mean, yesterday he yeah. was, he was, a, he was good. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he he's, a, he's, he's, yeah, he, he's a plug and play guy. Like you don't really have to worry about him. Right. So I was pretty impressed with him yesterday with what he had, you know, with done. So, and they gave Lamar time. But also, I mean, it helps too when Lamar uses his legs because he's so elusive that he's able to also buy time. Um, I guess it was tough seeing Odell Beckham go out because Odell Beckham was doing good early in the game. You know, he had three catches. I thought he was going to have a pretty big day because they looked like they was trying to feature him early. I thought he was going to have a great day, but the injury to his ankle kind of, you know, delayed that. But when that did happen, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if that's the case, this is the this is the best time to get Bateman going. But yeah. that kind of happened yesterday, and it's kind of disappointing. You know what I mean? Because I'm trying to see what we really have in Bateman. Like last year, Bateman showed us some huge flashes that he could be this legit guy. And now we're into this year and, you know, Bateman, you got more guys around you, but I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the flash that I need to see out of Bateman. I mean, I'm seeing it out of Zay. Zay's doing it, but I'm missing that flash from Bateman. And I know Bateman can do more. It's just, 
I'm worried that we ain't going to get what we want to get out of Bateman. So, I mean, my biggest question is, you know, going into next week playing the coast, are they going to feature Bateman more to try to get him going? Or, you know what I mean, are we going to sit Odell next week? Because now they're saying that, you know, he might be able to play next week. But I'm more concerned with I might just let him sit. You know what I mean? And just get a little bit more rest. I mean, we're playing the Colts. Not saying the Colts are slouches, but at least it'll try to get Bateman to get him going to get him in the offense more because, I mean, he had targets early, and then the second half, he was just a quiet storm. A well, quiet storm. Yeah, well, P, I, I, let me ask you this. Like, was it more of a Rashad Bateman thing or was it more of um, a Lamar Jackson thing? Like, I think, like, again, um, this is really his – first, uh, Lamar Jackson, that is, this is really his, I mean, his second game with all the weapons that he, that he has. And um, Rashad Bateman was, he was targeted for, he was targeted three times. He caught all three catches for 18 yards. So like, it, it wasn't like um, Lamar was just throwing his way and he just wasn't going to get it. Like he only got targeted three times and, and, you know, he, he went and got those every single time. And I, I think, so I, I believe that, um, Lamar Jackson just have to get comfortable with, um, the, um, receiving core in, in real game situations. Um, so he can figure out who he's comfortable with and, and who he's not comfortable with. Um, I, I think I, I, I thought in week one when he didn't have Mark Andrews, like I, I wanted to see him, you know, uh, uh, target Bateman a little bit more. And I, and I, and I believe, I believe he did. Like, I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I, I, I believe, um, Bateman that got targeted maybe about, about five or six times, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken, but I, I just think that, uh, Lamar Jackson just gonna have to get used to having everybody on the field. Like now, um, Bateman is no longer that, that, just that stretch guy. You know what I mean? Like he, uh, he's going to get a lot of, of his touches, you know, uh, like those five and seven yard slants and outs and, you, you know, that because, you know, when Odell is on the field, he's going to take him deep. Um, you know, Zay is going to take you deep, which is going to, um, open up the underneath for Mark Andrews, Batemans, um, even, um, Isaiah Likely, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his, man. Um, like, like, like those guys underneath. So, so I guess, I guess what I look at, I mean, I understand how you say you feel like it might be a Lamar thing, but Lamar personally came out and said that, that Rashad Bateman was the number one receiver. So they've already had rapport with each other. So this is his number one guy. Now, when I look at the stat chart, I'm looking at Nelson Aguilar, five catches for 63 yards, a tud. Uh, he's averaging 12, he was averaged 12.6 yards per catch. Then you got Zay Flowers with four catches for 62 yards. He's averaging 15 yards a catch. Mark had five for 45, averaging nine. Odell had three for 29, averaging 9.7. And then Bateman is three for 18, averaging six yards a catch. So I look at it in the sense like, okay, I felt like Odell Beckham went out. Rashad Bateman numbers should have kind of went up more. Instead, Nelson Aguilar took in the numbers that Rashad Bateman to me should have probably had. And Zay, I mean, I, I'm, Zay's going to get here, so I'm not really too much concerned, but Nelson Aguilar took the numbers that Rashad Bateman probably should have got more into involved. And, and, and it could be, 
You know what I mean? Lamar does want to spread the ball out, but when you come out and you say that Bateman, your number one guy, Bateman should be that guy that has those targets that's getting those 63 yards or more. I'm looking at Bateman. He should be having 100-yard games. You know, as the season goes on, he should be picking up more yards because I feel like Bateman can have a 1,000-yard season, but you can't have a 1,000-yard season with three catches for 18 yards. You gotta That's got to be picked up more. So yeah. I don't know. That's why I would say I'm thinking that this Sunday, I'm thinking on Harbaugh's side, I think he's going to – they're going to play it safe. They're probably going to sit Odell Beckham this week, play it safe, give him another extra week to rest. And then this is the perfect week to feature your Rashad Bateman to get him going. Because if you get him going and you get him rolling like that, you got Odell Beckham winning Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. Man, that makes that offense so much dangerous it's just hard to defend. And also it's going to help the run game because I'm what I think this year – which is different from the Ravens from previous years. I think the passing game is going to open up the Ravens' run game more, whereas the used to they That's used to allow their running game more to open up their pass, and it's not going to do that this year. This year, they're going to be so much of a threat in their pass that their running game should flourish off of that. So I know fans are probably hurt that we lost Dobbins for the year, but I think our running game will still be potent. When with Gus and Justice Hill. I mean, I like Gus more than Justice Hill. I understand some people like Justice Hill, but I like the way Gus runs between the tackles. The guy just, he's a bull. And he gets, yeah, he's, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of like the way how he runs. I'm a big Gus fan. I think Gus can have a great year. I think he could be a thousand yard back this year. They just got to give him the ball. You know what I mean? You seen it yesterday when he had those big runs. He's, he's a downhill yeah. runner. And you don't want to see him when you're coming downhill in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? So, I like what I see with that. So back to the Bateman thing, I just think that his numbers have to increase, bro. I think he has to be where Nelson Aguilar was, and Nelson Aguilar yeah, I, should have been where he was. You know what I'm so saying? I, yeah, so I, I, I agree with that. But let me, let me tell you, if, if that's the way you're thinking, imagine how um, other teams' defense, you know, defensive coordinators thinking, okay, oh, well, now they down to one number one receiver that we know of, that we are familiar with, which is okay. Sean Bateman. So as a defense, I'm going to strategize to, all right, well, let's take Bateman out of it and let's see what this rookie going to give me, right? Which <clears> is I mean, which is, I mean, which is dangerous. Right, right, right. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something because I, I haven't talked to you in a while, but I'm going to tell you something that I've told several different people, and I'm going to say it right here on this show. Nelson Aguilar is going to be that X fact. When, when, when these defenses figure out how they, how they need to match up with Zay and then how they need to match up with uh, Mark Andrews, that's going to leave Bateman. That's going to leave Aguilar. And when OBJ is um, back healthy again, it's um, like those three. Out of those three, I truly believe that Nelson Aguilar is going to be that guy. Like you seen what he did um, against the Bengals. Like he's gonna be that guy. Like he and like and when we acquired all these pieces, he was he was the guy that I felt like kind of flew under the radar. You know what I mean? Like you know, I think I think he uh, he had some injuries like the last couple years or whatever. Like I can't remember um, off off the top of my head, but I remember um, how much of a dog he was a few years ago, and and. With him back and with a new team starting fresh, I think he got 
um, just as much, if not more, to prove than Odell and and Lamar and everything. So that's the guy to watch out for, Nelson Angela, right? Now, let me ask you this, because we've been um, ooh and eyeing over the offense right now. How do you feel about the defense? So, for defensively, um, like I said, I was earlier, I was, like I said, earlier in the week, you know, looking at, you know, looking at the matchups, I was very concerned about the secondary-wise. You know what I mean? You got no Marcus Williams. You got no Marlon Humphrey. And I got Darby. And I got, uh, what's my man's name? Um, Man, what's the other corner name? I mean, Brandon Stevens and, oh, man, the other guy, it'll come to me in a minute. But going into the week, I'm worried because I'm like, who's going to stop Jamal Chase? Who's going to stop T. Higgins? And who's going to stop Tyler Boyd? You know what I mean? So I'm worried because these guys are bona fide good receivers, and we know that. They've been proven in the league. They've shown how good they are in the league. So we know these guys are going to be good receivers. So in my mind, initially, I'm thinking like, you know, coverage-wise, it's going to be a tough time for us because these guys can get their game off. So it led me to think that they're not going to do too much man. They're going to probably run a little bit more zone. But then when you run in the zone, it's going to kind of open you up for Joe Mixon, which Joe Mixon had a decent game. Not going to say he had a great game, but he had a decent game. Where, so, you know, he was he did okay. But for the most part, I was very surprised by how the defense played against the Bengals. And it seems like to me that Mike McDonald has the answer to how to slow Joe Barrow and his offense down. Now, I don't know if the injury has something to do with it as far as his leg-wise too, but to not see Jamar Chase really do much yesterday was a great thing to see. Uh, because, you know, previous times he's killed us. He's killed Marlon and us for like 200 yards in the game. So I felt like the defense played well. I love Patrick Queen and Roe Smith. That's just like a match made in heaven. Those two guys with each other, they're that great. Each other. Great tandem. That's great, a great tandem. Player. You know what I mean? Awesome pair of linebackers. I, I love it. I'm a I'm a huge Justin Madden BK fan, but yesterday, man, he just had some boneheaded plays. I feel like he, he got to clean it up, but I know he's going to come back good. He's going to be fine, but I'm a huge Justin Madden BK fan. Now, on the flip side, my, my guy, Number 90 and number 99 are my most two guys that worry me the most. That's David Ojabo, number 90, and 99, Odafe Owe. Those two guys worry me the most because they're not getting sacks. And they're not creating the pressure on the quarterback that they should be. Now, last year, we got sacks because we had veterans back, guys over there getting our sacks for us. But now we got these young guys, and I understand, you know what I mean, the Ravens, you know, John Harbaugh, you guys, you like your young guys. But um, but David Ojabo and Odafe are not producing to what I think they should be doing. I don't know what it is about these guys and their pass rush skills, but they're just not, to me right now, they're not showing that they're, that they're, they're the guy. So, I'm trying to be patient with them because I mean they're young, so it takes it takes time. But at the same time, the Ravens got to stop. If you're gonna if you're gonna draft projects and you're gonna work through this system, then you need veterans in there to help you along with that. Yeah, you gotta have the guys. You gotta have a guy. So like when you look at the Steelers, oh. the the guy is T.J. Watt. Now I can put a project beside T.J. Watt, but I know T.J. Watt's gonna give me what I need. 
You can't just put two projects out there and say, okay, you guys roll with it, but don't have the guy. Like we used to have a guy when we had Terrell Suggs. So we had Terrell Suggs and you could throw, you could throw a young Matthew Judon out there and he would just learn and he would get better, but you had Suggs. So you were fine. So I think that's what the Ravens are missing on that D line. They're missing the guy. We always had the guy. Yeah. Well, I don't think we are. I don't think we have that Terrell Suggs dude. Um, on our roster right now. I think the person that is going to be close to that is Jadavion Clowney. These, like, these past two games, he's been, uh, 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 a hairline away from sacking the quarterback, sack, fumble, whatever. Like, he, like, he's been there. And I think for, I think it's going to take him to, to, I mean, a couple, couple more games, maybe about two, three more weeks for him to one, fully get his legs up on them. And then to understand, um, his relationship, um, comparative to, uh, the, the two guys that you mentioned plus, um, Pat Queen and, um, and, and Roquan. Like once he gets moving, like he's gonna be that factor. He's 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 gonna be that big name guy that is gonna demand those double teams or um, demand the, the running back to stay in the chip, which is gonna open it up for Adafe and 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 all those guys. Like I'm telling you, like I, I watched it. Like I didn't I didn't think he had anything left in the tank, but I was I was listening to um, 105 Station. I mean, 1057, uh, the fan, uh, local Baltimore, um, and those guys. And, you know, and they were saying like some of the same things that I was just thinking that, you know, um, this is kind of like the first time I really seen, um, Clowney comfortable, like in, you know, on defense, you know, I, you know, so I, I think we're going to have to rely on him more than a lot of people understand right now. Cause this is week two. But I think eventually, once he gets his feet up under him, <clears throat> that's going to open it up for um, for our D line and our linebackers. Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I wish Justin Houston was still here. I yeah. would take Justin Houston with Clowney right now because right now, we don't know how long Odafe going to be out right now. And listening to the press conference earlier today with John Harbaugh, he's talking about he's going to keep the information about Odafe Owe close to the vest. So yeah, I hate I when you kind of do that kind of stuff because it's like you kind of leave your fans out in the limbo. I understand that it's like a gaming thing where you don't want to give out too information. But hey, man, if the man hurt, he hurt. You gotta give out. You should mm-hmm. give up the information. So he's saying right now, as of right now, it's no one is in an IR type of situation. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, Odafe Owe was leaving the game in a boot. So how bad is it? So him leaving on the boot, let me know. Nine times out of ten, he's not playing against the coach next week. Don't know how long he's going to be out, but I know he's not playing against the coach next week if he was walking out in the booth. So I think I just think that some of the decisions that they made, I got. I know they had to make tough decisions, but if you had a Justin Houston back on your team right now with Jaden Clown, even if Odafe is out right now, you got two vets that know how to get to the quarterback and that can yeah. still sustain the situation of what yeah. you got going on right now. Because right yeah. now you got you got three young guys. You got the rookie that you just drafted. You got Odafe Owe. You got David Ojabo. And all you got now is – and then you got Clowney. 
I think they needed another vet. They needed another right. guy. And right. I think that was important because the one thing that you need in this league is good secondary coverage and pass rush. This is no longer that power football type of league. This is a pass happy league. So you got to be able to get to the quarterback and you got to be able to cover. And they have two, they have a great safety tandem with Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. And Kyle. Great. Mm-hmm. That's great to have that on the backside because you need that. But you still need that pass rush up front. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not sitting here saying that I'm going to get it out of Matt BK and, and, and Pierce because they, they're deep tackles. I don't expect to get it out of them. But my, my outside linebackers, I expect to get it out of them. And then I don't want Mike McDonald to have to send a bunch of blitzes just to get sacks because that just takes yeah. me back to the wink days and that just makes it worse. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete. No, no, you go ahead. No, I was saying I don't think Mike McDonald is that type of uh, coordinator. He, he's uh, definitely not a blitz-heavy guy. Um, what he does very well, and this is just what I've seen in these past two regular season games versus um, the the three preseason games. Like he is disguising his um, his coverages very well. Um, I, I thought I coming um, out of the preseason those three games. For me, just watching the game as a fan, he, um, they did not hide um, the zone coverages very well because I, I like every game. I would, I just sat there and I looked. I'm like, oh, whoever the quarterback was, it's just like uh, when we played the Commanders, oh, um, they were just throwing it across the middle. I say, yeah, that's the, that's where the open part of the zone is. Um, <clears throat> but when you got to the regular season, these last two weeks. Um, McDonald has, has, has done a great job as, as, um, as disguising it well. And like you said, if, if, if you, if you can continue to get pressure from, um, a Jadavion Clowney, um, and then, you know, uh, Kyle Hamilton like the, likes to, he likes to come down, uh, in the box and, and, and blitz or pick up the tight end. Uh, you know, he likes to work close to the, um, close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I think right now, uh, the two positions that we need to be worried about on defense is, um, that other safety. Um, I, I think Geno Stone came in and, and played, um, a, a, a great game. Um, but moving forward, um, is he going to be somebody that you want to stick with? Um, uh, what's the timetable on Marcus Williams, um, at safety? And then, uh, how long are we talking for, Marlon Humphrey, and um, are you, as an organization, are you satisfied with who we have at corner, or are you willing to go out and and try to make some more deals? So, I mean, you know how you know how we are, bro. We 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 blatantly honest about this. Um, so I know you know what else fans out here listening. I mean, you can you can either like it or love how how is how it's gonna be here on, on only one Ravens podcast. So I'm gonna just be blatantly honest about some of these players, man, because I, I just I gotta be honest. I'm not a fan of Geno Stone either. I mean, he made some plays yesterday. I get it, but the crucial moments sometimes you need your star players out there to make those plays. I'm not saying Geno Stone's a bad player. I'm just not as high on him as other people would be. Yesterday he made some great plays. He did he did some great things. You know what I mean? He he helped us to victory yesterday. And maybe he learned. Maybe he became a better player this year. Maybe it took time for him to get to where he was. Because Geno Stone has had a lot of ups and downs 
as he's went through his career. So that's why I say I'm not too high on him. But maybe he has turned the corner and became a better player. So I'm not going to dog him out and rag him out, but it's just things that I feel like sometimes when you get into big games, they get exposed. They get exposed when they play great quarterback play. I feel like yesterday, Joe Burrow just wasn't at his best at times, and, and it kind of showed. But, you know, when you play at Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that, you can get exposed. So that's what I'm saying when you need your great players in there to make plays. So, Gino, you played great yesterday. I mean, you, 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 you played the you played tail off and you, and you look well. But it comes to the crucial games where you need your, your players to step up. So that's what I'm saying. Is This might be the last week that, that Marlon sits out because after that, you're getting into divisional play at that point. So I think – I don't think we see Marlon this week. I think he sits one more week. I think he might practice on a limited basis this week. And then, you know what I mean? You see him next week. I mean, if I'm, if I'm thinking like how John Harbaugh is thinking, you give him an extra week because, you know, you got the coast coming to town. So you probably can get away with playing without Marlon this week. So I think this might be the last week that Marlon sits. And then we'll see him when we play the Browns. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's how, I think that's how that's going to look, how they're going to play it. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that the longer these guys can hold serve and they still winning, the more rest time you can give your guys that's injured. Because I'm thinking that Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum, they're probably going to be out maybe another three to four weeks. You know what I mean? Or longer. I feel like, um, I feel like, like I said, I feel like this is Marlon probably last week sitting out and then, you know, you're going to see him against the, the Browns and the Steelers. So I think that's, you know, I think that's it for him after that point because, you know, that'll be three weeks that he has set out. Um, I didn't – I it was highly unlikely that you was going to see him against the Bengals. I mean, after the surgery that he had and then to come in and play against Jamar Chase, I just didn't think that was a good idea, and I knew John Harbaugh wasn't going to put him out there. And then knowing the fact that they won on Sunday probably gives him a little bit more – Stability to say, okay, Marlon, I think I can sit you at least one more week, give you a little bit more rest time, and then get you, get you going, and get you ready for Cleveland, so we can roll with that. So okay. the next area I want to jump into, bro, is we got the coach coming up next week. Absolutely. Uh, let's. Uh, I guess we could dive into that and see how you feel about the matchups, what you're thinking, how you feel about this next game, and and, and what you see with the Ravens going against the Colts next week? Um, I think, all right, so as I'm pulling it up, uh, they have us, Vegas has have the Ravens um, seven and a half points. Um, is, right, it, they have is us, it seven or six? No, it's, it's seven and a half. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Yeah, so the, the line is um, seven and a half. Uh, I believe the Colts' quarterback is in concussion protocol. Yes, uh, for this morning. Yes, so, uh, Anthony Richardson is still in concussion protocol, so it's yeah, probably going to so, be uh, it's probably going to be Gardner Minshew. Yeah, but it, it'll probably be a, a game time decision. Well, probably, probably Sunday morning. Um, we'll probably know um, a little something. Um, so, like I. I I think he's a young and upcoming quarterback. Um, however, um, his name is not Joe Burrow. So he, you know, he's not going to come out 
and throw for 500 yards, not against this defense, um, his, his rookie year. Um, if he does play, uh, who, who you said was his backup? Uh, his backup is Gardner Mishu. Oh, Gardner. Oh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, that's 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 not good either. So I I I really see our defense. Hopefully, our defense can jump on them early, um, and uh, you know lock down uh, their receivers. Um, I think I think this is going to be Lamar Jackson um, third game, and I I think after these first two wins, I think he's itching for more. I think he wants to. Um, Put the whole uh, whole sports world on blast um, right now. Um, I think he's going to go out there, and I, I think he's going to manage the game more than you know, like those explosive plays that that we that that we all want to see. I think he he's going to be more manageable. I think he's going to go down there and um, and. Uh, and, and just manage the game. It's going to be pace by pace. I think, I think with that offense, I think they, they're going to try to score touchdowns um, every, every game. I mean, yeah, every drive. I, I will say this real quick, real quick. I appreciated um, the. Uh, it was a few times this past game with the Bengals that Lamar Jackson wanted to go forward on fourth down, and John Harbaugh said no. So, like, I, I appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. ball. If you're listening, I bet I appreciate that. Keep that going, uh, week to week. Um, cause, <laughs> yeah, cause that, that kind of got us in a lot of trouble. Um, these past two or three seasons, you know, with just going forward and when you know you should take the points. Um, but again, I, I think, you know, you, you're talking about Marlon Humphrey playing or not playing. Um, I, I would sit him, um, against the Colts. I, I, if if he's able to be on the sideline, I would love to see his face on the sideline. Um, you know, just to give that um our defense extra motivation, <clears throat> you know, to, to go out there and take care of business. Um but yeah, I I think you rest him this week and then when you talk about um the next two games, our um, um division opponents, he he should be ready for those games. Um yes. how, how about you? Like what you feel? So I feel like all right, it's the coach. Um, I'm gonna be Anthony Richardson to me is 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 he's a project. I'm not high on Anthony Richardson. I feel like Anthony Richardson, I've, and I've said this to several people. Anthony Richardson should have stayed in Florida. I think he should have stayed in college. I understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got NL, you got the NL right now, so there's no rush for you to get into the league no more. I think those guys can make money with NIL before they get to the league. I feel like Anthony Richardson should have stayed in college. The reason why I say that is because Anthony Richardson is not a great passer. Everybody looks at the deep ball and says, oh, he throws a deep ball well. What about his out routes? He, he, has, he throws the out routes terribly. And then sometimes it's pick sixes. It was a lot of that in Florida when he threw out routes. Some of his out routes, he'd be dirting them. I just think that he has – a lot more to learn with his mechanics and things to to polish up, and I just think right now in the NFL he's not a, he's not a starting quarterback right now in the NFL because right now what you've seen was the reason why he had concussion protocol yesterday is because the Colts are using him like he's a running back and he's not a running back if he's going to be a quarterback in this league, and I feel like 
he need to be on the phone with Cam Newton right now, asking Cam Newton what's the best thing. Because as you can see, Cam Newton went through that and they brutalized him over the course of time. And this young kid, you're already in concussion protocol and you're in your second week in the NFL. That's not good. And that's bad coaching at the same time too. Because as a coach, you should be telling you, telling him he needs to get down. It's not, this is not college football anymore, Anthony Richardson. You're in the pros. You're not able to just run through guys like you did when you was at Florida. This is not the same. You will get knocked out. And that's what happened yesterday. You got knocked out and you had a concussion. So those are things that he has to learn. But at the same time, too, that's coaching, too. You gotta, you gotta coach your players. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. But you, you got, you got to remember, P. This is rookie year. That was only his second game of his rookie year. So, like you, right? But his, like, this is his second game, and he already got a concussion. Yeah, I, I, I know, but but just, just just listen. Remember when uh, Lamar Jackson? You know his rookie year, his his second year, which was his first year as a, as a full starter. Like he, he was he was making a lot of the same mistakes. You know, just being young and and being fresh in the league. You, you, like remember the the thing was about Lamar. Is that he, he couldn't throw to the outside. He, he couldn't throw to the numbers. Um, well, he's, he's gotten, he's gotten better. Hold on. Let me finish. Uh, he, he's gotten better. Um, I think, I think, um, I, I think the game is a little too fast for, um, for, for Richardson. Like, I think, like, I, I think, um, and, and only, you know, repetition is, is going to help with that. So, you no, know, again, his, his, his second, his, his second game in the NFL. Um, I, I think he got, I think he, yes, he has a lot to learn. I agree with you. I think he should have stayed in college, but I, I think if you look around the league and you look at all these young quarterbacks, particularly the, um, the, um, these black quarterbacks, you know, everybody wants to hurry up and, and replicate, uh, 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 a Pat Mahomes, a, a Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? A, a Jalen Hurts. You know, everybody in the league, you know, it's a copycat league. So everybody wants to replicate that. So when they see a black quarterback that, that is kind of, uh, 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 mediocre in college, like everybody wants to run and do that, like, and, and, and get that so they can, um, replicate the success of Pat Mahomes, the success of, uh, Lamar Jackson. So I, I think, I don't think it's necessarily, um, coaching thing like I, I just think that you know he he has to learn how to well it's no longer college so he has to turn that off and since he's never experienced the NFL before it's, it's a lot faster the guys are a lot bigger and where he 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 might have thought he could pick up those extra two or three yards and just slide real quick you know he's he's learning real quick that that's not it so, so I feel like Lamar coming out, and even his second year, he was a way better passer than Anthony Richardson is. I'm telling you. If you oh, 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 100%. If you watch the table on AR, he just got – he got way more he got to learn. Um, as a coach, you got to protect your – you got to protect your players from themselves. So, as a head coach, I don't think he, he need to walk – he got to walk up to his guy and be like, listen, I understand you want to get in that end zone. I, I get what you want to do, but you got to get down, son. I don't, I don't need you out here running crazy and getting knocked out. Cause I mean, now it's affecting the team. If this is your guy, now he's knocked out. He's probably not going to play on Sunday. That's the week off that he got. I don't want to see him constantly getting concussions. We've seen last year what happened with Tua with the concussions. It's just not a good sign. You got to get down. 
You know what I mean? This is not this is not college football anymore. I just think that I understand, Anthony Richardson, you want to prove yourself to your team. You want to do those type of things. You just got to be a smarter football player. And I understand they're young. But at the same time, it's guys, it's vets. And even after the Jacksonville game that he played, he was told from, he was told from uh, Trevor Lawrence, hey, man, you're going to have to get down because this league is different. And he was told by that from from T-Law. So T-Law already know. T-Law giving you some advice in your ear. And then the next week, you go out there, you're playing against, you know, another team, and you get knocked out the game. And you get knocked out the game because you don't want to get down. You got to get down, buddy. It's just, it's just hard for me. But going back into the game, Gardner Minshew, great backup quarterback. I believe he gets the ball pretty, he gets the ball out pretty quick. So um, it'll be, it's going to be hard again for the Ravens to get sacks. But, I mean, we got to have good tight coverage on these receivers. And I believe that they can get it done. I believe the two linebackers will have a great game. Um, not too fearful for their run game because they really don't have a run game because Jonathan Taylor's not there. So I'm not too much fear for that. And even still, if he was there, I have great faith in Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith that they could clean all that up. I think the D-line and the interior, they'll play much better than what they played last week. So I think that'll be good for them. And then offensively, I just want to see Lamar take it to another level. I want this offense every week to go to another level. You know what I mean? I know it's going to be, it's growing pains early, but every week they should be going to another level, getting better, working on things. Cause this, to me, this week, I'm not saying, cause I respect every team in the NFL, but I believe this week is the things that the Ravens can actually work on some things to get themselves better at certain things. So when they do come down to the playoffs and it's coming down to these tough games, you already got these bag of tricks in your pocket where you worked on and you're comfortable with going into it with these type of situations. So I feel like this is a perfect game. I said, get Rashad Bateman going, get his game going, get your running game back on page and get that going. Then defensively, you know, show up. It's going to be a quick passing game. They're not going to allow you to get to guard and miss you a lot. They're gonna hold. They're gonna hold out on that because they don't want you to sack that quarterback. So everything is gonna become quick, 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 quick to try to get the ball out of his hands so you don't get the sacks. But I do believe the Ravens can come out with a victory because they're just a better team than the Colts are today. You know what I mean? I'd be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked because it's the NFL's any given Sunday. So if the Ravens do come out there and they lay an egg. I mean, you can't get beat by these Colts because we've seen. We know the last time when they played the Colts. They was down well, like twenty-one nothing early in the game, and they all, and they had to come all the way back and Lamar brought him back. He had like what four hundred yards he passed for, and had like four or five touchdowns. So we don't want one of those type of games where they got to come back. I'd rather you just be beating them early and then sending them on their way. Yeah, so I just think that this is a game that you get everything right. You get because after this, John, we going straight division, baby. We got Cleveland, and then we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we got heavy lifting to do after this game right here. So this is a get right game. This is you fixing all your kings getting right because now we're going into the grunt of our schedule. Right, right. Like I, I agree, but I mean the, the one thing we don't want to do is overlook the Colts, though. Like, like you no, said, no, no, like no. They, absolutely not. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, I, I think, uh, what's 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 their receiver name? Um, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Junior. You got Michael Pittman. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I think that's the only guy that I that I'm really, um, and, and not scared of, but just um, interested in see how they're gonna play him. Like I, I, uh, I agree with what you said. You said that um, 
that they not gonna they're gonna try not to allow the Ravens to um to get out to the quarterback. There's gonna be yep. a lot of quick releases, a lot of um bubble screens, um, you know, a lot of uh passes to the to the flat. Um and we just have to be uh ready for it as as a defense. I, and, and I think that is the genius of McDonald because if if you look at what he's doing, like he he's He's, he's running the zone the way it's supposed to be ran, where you're keeping everything short and in front of you. Right. So, right. and so I, I, I believe, um, I believe that works to the advantage of both, uh, Rokon Smith and, and Pat Queen. Like if you watch Pat Queen, uh, uh, this past week, you know, he was getting after the ball, um, like he normally does. But what I saw was different was he was actually wrapping up. Making the tackle, he was he was he was relying on his um, given ability and pursuing the ball, you know, like he used to do in college, and he was making those plays that he used to make <clears throat> in college. So I, I think that's going to be the key to trying to figure out one how to, to disguise our zone and um, get them to throw in the areas that we want them to throw, so we can, um, you know, so, so we can make those one on one tackles or. Uh, those game tackles um, in the flat or whatever. Um, like again, like again, I'm um, I'm highly suspect of our secondary. I think if our secondary can can be just as good as we were um, this past game with the Bengals, I think we um, I think we come out of this game maybe probably looking at a a thirty probably. A, 30 to 20 win by the Ravens. Sounds that's, good. That's what I'm looking at. I mean, we, we, we both on the same page with the secondary. Secondary is just yeah. an issue. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm kind of pissed off with Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh because I believe that you should have brought Marcus Peters back. Marcus Peters, to me, is a big piece to your defense. Yeah, and and I he wanted to come back. Right. And I understand last year he probably wasn't as, as great as he normally was, but he was coming off an injury. He was coming off an ACL, Bruh. like Bruh. what you expect from him. Like he's coming, and you know why coming back and play hard. You know why they got rid of him because he was vocal in the locker room. He yeah. was vocal on the field. You you already know Hallball don't play with that. He don't, yeah. he don't like for nobody, none of the players, to get into his face about what he should and shouldn't be doing. That's why yeah. he's not here. And I'm that's why where... I had to say it, but that's the truth. Yeah, and that's where me and John Harbaugh are different. That's where I don't like John Harbaugh. When you got dogs on your team, you keep the dogs on your team. Because cause I'm going to be honest with you, Marcus Prius brings the dog in the defense that makes them bite. I mean, and now now you got Roquan, so your Roquan is your dog. But when you had Marcus Peters out there bringing the dog out there, he made he 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 brought Marlon game out. He made Marlon take his game to another level. That's what I liked about Marcus Peters. Not only that, he used to get the picks, but he made Marlon step his game up to another level. And not only that, even Marlon said he would pick Peters' brain to see what he seen so he could play better, so he could get to that level. So it's like sometimes you need those type of guys to bring the best out in your other guys. And I just believe that Peters was that guy when we had him on defense. And don't get me wrong, yeah, he had a down year. But he was coming off injury, off injury. Like, it's not that easy for those guys to come back off injury and then come back and perform. But he his second, his second year removed from it, I, and I think this year he's going to be much better. But, I mean, we live and we learn. We're going to see how it's going to work out. 
Because I tell you right now, if they come back and bite him in the tail, the first thing I'm going to be sitting here saying, yeah, John Harbaugh, you was mad about him, but guess what? Now you're missing him. Now you're missing the guy on the back end. So we're going to see, man. We're going to see. It's going to get very interesting. We're going to have a great season. We're going to see how things work out. You know what I mean? This is the uh, actual first show that we did with the Only Run Ravens podcast. We're going to try to come back to you guys on Mondays and Sundays. We're going to try to do the pregame, and then we're going to do, you know, the after the games on Monday and talk about everything. So uh, we'll try to do another one here uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday to get preparation so we can talk about the upcoming week of the game and seeing what injury reports come out and see what players that we have that's going to be out. But um, any last comments you got, JB? Uh no man I, I'm I I actually um try to be at the game uh Sunday so oh, okay yeah, like I'm yeah I'm I'm looking forward okay I'm looking okay forward to it, man okay so man I mean I hope you have an enjoyable time when you go out there man hope it's you know what I mean I, I know it should be a great game get to see Lamar you know anytime you get to see Lamar is definitely entertaining so um I guess we're gonna close out right here um you guys are with the only one Ravens podcast. Uh, we love it if you just come out and listen to us. You know what I mean? We're going to give you all the information and insight that we have. And we're going to keep it honest and we're going to keep it true here. You know what I mean? Because I know some podcasts you listen to, you know, some people talk about stuff and they're just not honest and true because they want to be politically correct with the situation. But, I mean, we're just going to keep it real here, man. We're going to talk Ravens football and we're going to have a good time. So thank you guys for listening and have a good night. Holla. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.